1992, I contracted the AIDS virus. I was very sick. I only had five T cells, which is essentially no immune system to protect from invading bacteria and viruses. I wanted to find a church that was welcoming, and that was not an easy task. I went to a couple of the mega churches in the area and never felt like I was welcome. At the same time, I saw on the news a church in Philadelphia that had the words on its marquee out front, anyone with AIDS not welcome here. I thought, Jesus was about love and forgiveness, but some churches do not follow that. Finally, I found Church of the Valley in Van Nuys, where the pastor and the associate pastor welcomed me as I was. What joy I felt at that time. We've started the first aid support group at a church in the valley. We received emotional support we badly needed. We met every Thursday evening and exchanged how we were feeling and our experience with the medications. At that time, some parents disowned their children when they found out that they were gay and had AIDS. One mother said her sick son could not come home because her neighbors would not understand. So when someone in our group was dying, we were their only support. Some members of our group went to another disciple's church to talk before the people about being gay. And we felt right away that it was not a subject that they were comfortable with. We also spoke before several hundred students at Pepperdine University about being gay. We were met with the words from a student afterwards when she got up and said, My Bible tells me that being gay is wrong. But thinking back, that was a lot of progress. Speaking before a church or a college, considering that the subject of being gay was never even discussed before. It has not been an easy battle, but battles for justice and equality have never been easy. Even today, with an administration that divides people instead of uniting them, violence and hatred against others who are different is on the rise, as well as hate crimes and intolerance. Much will be required to undo the damage that has already been done. There seems to be little room for compromise. That is why Mission Hills Church and Pastor Ryan have been instrumental in making this an open and affirming church and why it is so important. If we are to feel safe and ever to bridge the gap to the future, it must be here and now. Thank you all for the progress that has been made. Thank you. Hi. So before I begin, I would like to thank you all for coming here today. And also, I would like to thank Pastor Ryan for allowing me to speak on this day of June 9th, 2019. You are all really going to enjoy the time we spend together this morning. I'm going to share with you some 
some of the most important things about the month of June, and most importantly, Pride Month. It's an honor to be here and speaking to you today. You are the most understandable and caring people in this church community. Only the very best people in any field will, will take the time and make, a sac- make the sacrifice to come here f- so far f- for a conference like this. For, for years, the people of the LGBT community have been a target of religious discrimination and unnecessary hate. The thing is, it doesn't have to be this way. Gay pride is, uh, is about being proud of who we are, even though we face discrimination daily. That goes for everyone else, too. Just because you, you aren't straight doesn't mean you have to be ashamed of it. No one should ever be afraid to walk down the street holding the hand, holding the hand of the person they love. True love has no gender. When I was in middle school, I started learning about this idea of love. Several years ago, there was a, there was a woman named Holly. For a long time, she was, in, she was in love with another woman named Dawn. They wanted to get married, but because of a loss in the state at the time, they were not allowed to seal their love yet. In 2016, the dreams finally came true. In the state of Michigan, the, the laws were finally passed, which allowed them them to finally get married. Holly and Dong were finally able to become a complete family with their own kids. How do I know this? How do I know about this? Holly is my cousin, and I attended her wedding back in 2016. So back to the current stuff. People may hate you for being different and not living by society's standards, but deep down, they wish they had the courage to do the same. The um, the American actor and film director Morgan Freeman quoted, I hate the word homophobia. It's not a phobia. You're not scared. You're an asshole. <laughs> Being gay is not a crime and it's not a sin. Religion is love. Love brings people together. Religion is not something that should be used to judge people just because they they have different beliefs. Always remember, it doesn't matter if you are bisexual, gay, lesbian, transgender, queer, or any part of, of, uh, or a part of any other kind of sexual orientation or identity. We are all human, and that's all that matters. Nobody should change who they are just because other people do not approve. For the past few months, there has been something I've been confused about. I've always wished to have a boyfriend. However, it may be more than just that. It may be more than just that. After weeks of questioning, I finally decided I will join the community. poem for this day for communion so what does it mean to have pride in oneself what does it take for one to feel accepted in this world does it mean being invited to sit at the table does it take others to acknowledge you as a whole person a worthy person of love and understanding 
Or does it only require a radical standing up for yourself, even when others see you as less than worthy of entering the grace of God? Does it only require a deep love for yourself and respect for the journey you yourself have walked? And who, who gets to decide whether we're worthy of communing with God? Did not Jesus himself offer his betrayer bread and wine? And aren't we much more than betrayers of God? Aren't we the eunuch eager to learn about God and the mystery of God's workings? Aren't we the woman who adored Jesus, the one who Jesus stood up for because of her devotion? Wouldn't Jesus call us friends? Not merely guests, but friends. If anything, let us take pride in that Jesus of Nazareth did invite all to the table. Let us take pride in ourselves, in the freedom that comes when others face the injustices of this world. When we can invite ourselves and make room for others at the table. So I want to invite you this morning to come take communion. Everyone is welcome. We'll start our community conversation this morning by turning to a neighbor and uh, talk about uh, a time when you were really surprised, or maybe the last time that you were really surprised. What was the moment like? Uh, What did that feel like? Can you think of a time where you were really surprised? Take a moment, turn to a neighbor, and we'll talk about it. The last time I was surprised, uh, I was surprised that Bob preached a good sermon last week. Oh, Oh my God. Uh, Let's see, but on a more serious (laughs) note... Sorry, I'm a terrible person. Like, things that come out of my mouth, I'm like, who am I? Uh, yeah, that's true. That is going to come back time and time again, uh, over and over. Yeah, you're right, Gigi, he does. I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> People know that I'm, I'm kidding, right? Okay, okay. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know. Um, the last time I was surprised... Uh, well, I would say one, like a, like if I'm being sincere for once, I I was genuinely surprised uh, to to start like pastoring at all, much much less here. I mean, to me that was that was such a um, like a beautiful surprise because uh, for reasons that we, I mean, today is is Pride Sunday. In, and for me, in, uh, in having a personal, inclusive, and welcoming stance uh, was always a prohibitor from me getting an interview in a church. I, I applied to dozens and dozens of churches in, while in seminary and right after seminary. And I don't know if it's this, the same now, but at that time, a few years ago, everybody was asking that as a litmus test, you know, um, what is your opinion on same-sex marriage? Uh, would you marry same-sex couples? Uh, and I would literally copy and paste my answer, and I would always get a response, something like, oh, appreciate your honesty, but I don't think you'd be a good fit here, or uh, thanks for the, the candor, uh, but, you know, um, that's against our, our policy. So for me, I had really, at, at, at a certain point after seminary, just really thought, okay, well, I'm, I'll just do something else. I won't be a pastor. The climate is not a one in which I can operate. I had already worked in churches where 
it, it, there used to be kind of a don't ask, don't tell policy, right? It's like something that a lot of churches just wouldn't talk about. And then when the Supreme Court ruling happened a few years ago, I think a lot of churches at that time knew that they couldn't not talk about it anymore, that that was something that had to be uh, addressed, and they couldn't take a risk of somebody being on staff and um, hold a, a personal opinion on that that was against uh, the church's perhaps even unspoken policy at the time, right? They might not have had that in writing. It's not like, uh, you know, they're going to check, you know, if you're LGBTQ when you come into church. But as many of us know that churches, at a certain point, you find out that you're not welcome to teach in Sunday school or you can't, um, you can't sing or you can't be a part of the worship band, etc. cetera. Um, and so they, you knew that churches didn't want to take that, that risk. So I, I really thought... Okay, well, I, you know, I'm just not going to be a pastor. I'll find, you know, nonprofit work or, or something to do. So when I started here, that was a that was a real shock, uh, especially when, um, you know, I started talking with the pastoral search team. Like they want somebody that's open and affirming. You know, they want they want a church that um, makes this uh, a part of the the value system, almost front and center. And so um, that was a genuine surprise. To- and we obviously know that we, uh, so th- this falls on Pentecost Sunday. I think Pentecost Sunday and uh, pairing that with Pride Sunday fits really well uh, together, that um, there is a movement of the Spirit, right? Pentecost is this day that we, we read about in Acts chapter 2, where the Spirit descends on the apostles, the early Jesus followers. And there's this movement that um, the early church understood the widening circle of love that God had for people and th- what that meant for this developing uh, but sort of new and fragile community of Jesus followers. And thinking about that in the context of, of Pride Sunday and where we are at the state of uh, our country and what Christianity looks like in our, in, in our context, um, that we see a new movement of the Spirit but at the same time, we see the institutions that are rigid and, and fractured, and a lot of denominations are still taking um, oppositional stances to LGBT inclusion when it comes to uh, not only marriage, but whether people can be ordained in the church, can be ministers, can uh, participate in what is what we call the full life of the church and Christian community, right? So... Um, it's hard to hold both of those things at the same time that the spirit is is moving and changing, and we can we can see this on the positive side that there is more love and inclusion, um, honest language, acceptance. Uh, I thought what you said today, Allison, was was really beautiful. Um, so thank you for that. It was it was it was beautiful, Philip. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can disagree. Mission Hills is a place where we can we can have substantive disagreements. Um, Okay, that's fair. Um, I, f- I found it beautiful, so thank you for sharing. You're very um, courageous and uh, prophetic, um, so keep it up, keep it up. Um, but that being said, uh, we're, we're in Acts 2 today, and I, I love this text. Like I said, the day of Pentecost in the, in the Christian calendar comes 50 days after Easter, um, and it tells the story of the Spirit descending on the apostles. And we, we have the whole thing printed in the bulletin. I'm only going to be reading uh, verses 17 to 21 this morning. Uh, and Pentecost actually comes out of the, the Jewish festival of weeks, uh, which was 
um, an agricultural festival, a harvest festival. And so when we think about Pentecost Sunday, um, it is part of the, the longstanding Judeo-Christian tradition. Um, so let's look at this, uh, this little short section of verses. Um, Peter is, is quoting here from, um, from Joel. Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness, and the moon will be changed into blood. Before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord. So if we think about Pentecost Sunday and Pride Sunday at the same time, Peter, quoting here from Joel, very clearly says in what they're recognizing as a changing, this movement of the Spirit, uh, is a descending Spirit. If you ever see... uh, Art that uh, depicts this scene usually have some sort of uh, the dove coming down, descending. That the movement of the spirit is descending. In in Luke Acts, um, as um, as a text, the spirit in Luke Acts is a community creator. That it's this movement of the spirit into the early community of Jesus followers, enacting uh, a wider vision for what God's love means for that community, means for that people, that it goes beyond the boundaries of just your um, religious tribe or your ethnicity, that those are, are going out further. And it's such a prophetic text, right? I will pour out my spirit on all people, right? I will pour my spirit out on all people, straight people, gay people, male, female, intersex, young, old, rich, poor, Jewish, non-Jewish. I will pour out my spirit on all people. I heard uh, Richard Rohr recently say that you should pray until you hear the word yes. You should pray until you hear the word yes. And I don't think he means kind of the Joel Osteen, name it and claim it kind, that kind of yes. Or the Jim Carrey, Yes Man kind of yes. You remember that movie? I was thinking of that movie. Yes Man. Um, I don't think it's, it's that kind of trite yes. But it's a yes at the heart of God. It's a yes at the, the heart of the, the spirit of prayer, which is this divine acceptance. Yes, yes. Can we understand that divine acceptance of all things, of all people? Yes, yes. In the spirit of Acts here, uh, the spirit is poured out on all people. It's this divine movement widening. Yes, yes. I often quote Paul Tillich's notion of grace where Paul Tillich says, uh, grace is the acceptance that you are accepted, right? Grace is the acceptance that you are accepted, right? It's often harder to... Uh, to love ourselves, to give ourselves that grace. Yes, yes, you are accepted. It's hard for us to sometimes accept that we are accepted. This is the relationship of the Spirit descending. The connection, the interdependence, that understanding that we are all interconnected. It's the affirmation of all things in the universe. There's a hymn in, in the book of Colossians, I think expresses, a similar idea. It says this, we look at the sun 
and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose for everything that was created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment, this very moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes it and holds it together like a head does a body. It's this interconnected of every person and everything in this, this dynamic movement of yes, 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 this acceptance. If only we have eyes and ears to understand this acceptance that we are accepted. This divine yes to all things and to all people recognizes that God began creating 13.8 billion years ago and called it good. Maybe we could call it yes. God created 13.8 billion years ago and said yes, yes. God in the evolution, God in the rainforest, God in our mistakes, God in our violent outbursts, God in our understanding, God in our suffering, God in the ocean, God beyond our constructions of space and time. God calls it good. Can we, too, accept the divine? Yes, yes. Oftentimes in Christianity, we get bogged down and tied up about what is God like? What is God like? And sometimes this um, tends to to deviate to conversations about how God never changes, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, Christians gather face towards a screen and sing karaoke to their hearts content about God not changing. A fancy phrase for this is the immutability of God, the immutability of God. This is the notion that it insists that God does not change. God is immutable without change. Um, But I think this misses and mistakes the divine yes that never changes, this creation and everything is good. Yes, it includes, it includes, yes. It mistakes that kind of unchanging acceptance for some sort of restrictive and rigid system that then we get tied into and says, oh yeah, this is God and God never changes. We miss the dynamic range of experience when we trust this sort of restrictive vision of God over the divine, yes, everything is accepted. The love of God widens and widens beyond our even um, limited understanding. We confuse this divine yes Uh, this yes to life and to spirit, for a spirit that's stagnant, divisive, restrictive. A divine yes is dynamic and it's always moving. Like the wind of the spirit during Pentecost, the spirit is also a fire that lights up our love for ourselves, our community, and our world. The posture of this this, uh, movement during Pentecost is vulnerable and exposed. All significant change is, is made possible by people that open themselves up to the possibility to love. As community creator spirit in the community of uh, early Jesus followers, they were open to the ways in which the spirit of love moved beyond their understanding or their reasoning for who deserved that love or who that love extended to. This uh, text earlier says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So today we gather as a community. We create spaces for this experience of love and grace as a community. 
They were all together in one place. All people are love. The Spirit descended on all people. All people deserve equal access to health care under the law. We refuse to accept any kind of discrimination based on gender and sexuality. Uh, We refuse to accept any the prejudice that still exists in our world towards the LGBTQ community. The Spirit of God has been poured out on all people. It's kind of simple when you think about it, right? It's been poured out on all people. How do many of our, our churches or our Christian sisters and brothers uh, still miss this? The Spirit is poured out on all people. It's the divine yes belongs to all people. A parable before we close. When one of those at the table heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant out to those who had been invited. Come, for everything now is ready. But they all um, began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I have to go see it. Uh, Please excuse me. And another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out and quickly into the streets in the alleys of town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, "Um, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my will get a taste of my banquet. There will always be excuses that we can make uh, to ignore or to push away the divine yes of acceptance. Oh, I got like I'm busy. I got other stuff, you know. Um, we can always, that's something my dad always used to say. He's like, you, there's always an excuse, right? You can always come up with a reason to not, to not do the thing, to not take the risk, to, to not push yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of. And I think the divine yes, the spirit of Pentecost, the spirit uh, that we still believe is moving in our community here, in our world here, like we were saying earlier, the spirit that says all people are loved. Okay, yeah, not everybody recognizes that yet. Our, we, we still live in a, in a broken world where uh, injustice is everywhere. Uh, but the Spirit is moving. It's moving through you and through me. And we say yes to that. Yes, it involves risk. Yes, it's hard. Uh, yes, it takes us gathering to, to talk these things through, to be honest, to say uh, where have we messed up? What, what is going on in our community? Where can we be better? Uh, and the divine yes is there. And we could always make excuses. Uh, but the divine yes says, keep going out. Go to the poor. Go to the crippled. Go to the lame. Um, the divine yes um, moves everywhere if we have the eyes to see. But it does it does require us to engage maybe with being a little uncomfortable sometimes. 
I think uh, part of pride and celebration is allowing God to continue to change us, to open ourselves up to love, to open ourselves up to see um, where we've missed the point, where we're blind, where we still have prejudice within ourselves. And we have to say yes to that. It might be a little painful, but we have to say yes to that. Uh, in history, often the, the people that the Christian tradition uh, didn't understand, the Christian tradition did not include. Uh, the story of Pentecost is the opposite of that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's something that, even beyond their ability to understand or reason with it, the Spirit comes in and breaks open their notions and their conventions for what they thought the community was capable of. And I hope we can feel that today, this morning, that we might have ideas of what our community could be, but we're open to the possibility that the Spirit moves in um, and creates a love here that is well beyond anything that we could rationalize or muster ourselves. When the Spirit moves, it is dynamic and it is constant. It teaches us that the mystery of life is this flow, this flow of yes, rhythm, creation, destruction, evolution, change. God that creates and moves within our universe, that gives the breath that we're exchanging now, in and out, in and out, always changing, always flowing. So yes, our embrace and celebration, the LGBTQ community, our brothers and sisters, uh, is for the human dignity of all people. Uh, It is a natural embrace Uh, that the human experience is a divine experience. It's just, yes, Uh, it's a gift. The spirit moving within each other and within our community is pure gift. Um, And that's that's another way of thinking about um, loving beyond our capacity to love, that it it is something we just, that is given. It's an invitation to the wedding banquet that we get to Simply say yes to. Those little cards that you check say you're going to the wedding. Yes. It's just, it's just yes. It is unmerited grace. The acceptance that you are accepted. This is the infinite flow of love that the way of Jesus points us towards. Loving to the vulnerable. Loving to ourselves. Loving to the people that we maybe used to think were excluded or that we have a hard time loving. We are embraced by this love and have uh, the the opportunity and and the responsibility to love, to love all people. If the Spirit descends on all people, then we have the responsibility to love all people. So I'm going to read this text one more time and close this with a little bit of uh, a meditation. So we'll take a, a moment to reflect on this text and how we might see it in relationship to to that yes. So um, maybe take a minute to close your eyes or get comfortable. And just notice for, for a moment um, your, your body and your, your space, maybe the seat, what it feels like, what your body feels like. 
and just silently respond in your body, yes. And now in this, this space of acceptance and divine yes, find a place with, within you. Find that spirit, maybe your breath, maybe your heart beating. And feel the love and acceptance in your being, in your breathing. Even if you've had a, a rough week or a stressful week, maybe you've just been busy and you haven't really had time to, to breathe or take time for yourself, find a space within you that is reflective of this love. We often go about our weeks and uh, we put on certain personalities and personas, uh, certain roles that we have to, to enact at work, in our family life. And we realize at a deepest level that these are just personalities, that these are just roles that we put on. And those are necessary roles, to be mother, to be friend, to be aunt, to be coworker. But deep within your body and your breath, your heart and your mind, there is you. There is you that God created. There is you that experiences this divine flow of love. You experience this gift. You are invited to the table. You are invited to the banquet. So from this space... invite you to silently say yes. In the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Let's all respond by saying yes. Thanks, Mr. Nathan.